Welcome, and thanks for tuning in to the Restoration Foursquare Church audio podcast. We are glad that you're joining us today. Stay tuned for today's message. Enjoy, and God bless. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1. And the Apostle Paul writes, Therefore be imitators of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God, for a sweet-smelling aroma. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you as is fitting for saints. Neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor coarse jesting, which is not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know that no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore do not be partakers with them, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, Awake you who sleep. Arise from the dead. And Christ will give you light. Won't you begin to pray right now? Begin to pray for the word of the Lord this morning. I'm going to join with you, but I want you to begin to pray. Just you can begin to open. You don't have to pray in silence, but begin to pray. Ask the Lord to, to speak to you through this word. Ask the Lord to continue to prepare your heart for what he wants you to hear. Just pray right now. Begin to push back the the power of the darkness. Ask the Lord to remove those distractions, those things that that, that that are coming against you right now that do not want you to hear what God has to say. Just begin to pray. Come on, stretch forth your hands towards me and pray. Open your mouth, saints, and pray this morning. Let's break this spirit of lethargy, this spirit of complacency that wants to settle. And let's press through this morning because God has something that he wants you to hear today. So I want you to begin to press through right now. You've got to push, 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 push in prayer right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you that your spirit and your presence is here. We thank you for your word, almighty God. Lord, let the words of the living God be poured out in this house today. I pray for this people, Lord God, that you will quicken them, make them alive right now by Christ Jesus. Spirit of the living God, come and touch them like only you can do. Holy Spirit, come and manifest yourself. Manifest your glory. Manifest your power, manifest your presence in this room. 
I pray that every heart has been, has been prepared to receive from you. Lord, I pray that you would hide me behind the word of God, behind your anointing. I pray that man is not seen, but that your will is revealed in this house today. Holy Spirit, come. Just invite him, just to just invite him to come. Just as a Holy Spirit come. The Spirit come. Holy Spirit come. Come, sir. Come, Holy Spirit. We open our hearts to you now. We open our minds to you now. We yield our memories. Speak to us, oh God. We love you. We bless you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Excuse me. Well, today we're going to return to our series, The Journey of a Jesus Follower, with a message entitled, Active Faith. Active faith. Active faith can also be described as living faith. You know, I've been in a place lately of carefully and prayerfully examining my faith. A place of assessing how I'm living and how I'm leading this church. More succinctly, am I living and leading as a man of faith or am I living and leading based on what I can do personally? Am I living and am I leading this church as a man of faith or am I living and pastoring this church based on what I can do personally. What about you? Are you living by faith in the Son of God? Or are you living by your own strength? What have you stepped out to do in the last month that was destined to fail without divine intervention. What about the last six months? What have you stepped out to do as an act of faith? What about the last year? What have you attempted to do in the last year that required faith in God? You knew that if God doesn't show up, it's not going to work. Have you ever? Have you ever stepped out to do something that you knew would fail but for God? That if God didn't show up, you look like and feel like the biggest fool in town or the biggest fool to your family or to your friends or on your job. Perhaps some of you are in that place right now. Yes. 
If so, you're in a good place. Because God's word commands us to live by faith. The same way we came to Jesus or we came to God by faith in Jesus is the way we have to live for God. It is the way we have to lead for God. Yet it is so easy, church, to settle in and find yourself just going through the motions of life. Who knows what I'm talking about this morning? It is so easy to find yourself being content with whatever successes you can create on your own or you just have to, you just happen to kind of stumble upon. Versus discovering through faith the divine will of God for your life. It is so easy to find yourself simply doing church instead of being the church. You see, when you do church, you come in, you sing, you sit and listen, and you go home. When you be in the church, you come in, you listen, you participate, you worship, you desire to grow, you sign up for love out loud. I'm just being real with you. Listen, it's time we, we listen. You got to stop talking to talk and start walking to walk because talking to talk won't get it. Okay. And God did not save you for you to just come in on Sunday morning and sit and listen to somebody speak to you, preach to you, make you feel good about whatever you're going through and you don't change. Nothing changes about your life. Your walk doesn't change. You don't commit no more than you was committed five years ago, 10 years ago. Some of you are still doing the same thing you did when you got saved. Same thing, same thing. You're just going through life. Just going through life. You've settled. You've settled. You bought into the okie doke. It's okay to just drift through life. Please hear me. It is possible, even as people of God, to develop a style of living where you're more comfortable with the things of this world than you are with the things of God. In that place, a sickness, please hear me. I'm being very lovingly pastoral this morning. In that place, a sickness of the soul can begin to settle in and go unnoticed because you settle for a lifestyle of ease. 
How many of you understand, I mean truly understand, there is nothing easy about living by faith. There's nothing easy about living by faith. The only remedy for that type of spiritual malaise is to begin to live your life by faith in the living God. A faith that refuses to settle. A faith that pursues a relationship with God instead of just another religious experience. A faith that is active. A faith that is alive. The Bible describes faith in many ways. It speaks of faith that is dead. Hmm? It speaks of faith that is shipwrecked. Hmm? Jesus spoke of no faith. He spoke about little faith, but he also spoke about great faith. And great faith should be what we all should desire. But the only way for your faith to be great is for your faith to be active. You've got to use it. You've got to use it. You've got to live by it. We're to live every day by faith in Jesus, a faith that is living, a faith that is now, a faith that is active. Now, to further explore this idea of active faith, I want to define for you the word active. I want you to make sure you understand what I'm saying this morning. The word active means engaging or ready to engage in energetic pursuit. The word active means to be in use or to be in effect. Something that is active is capable of exerting influence. And I love this last definition. Active means to experience recurrent seismic movement. To experience recurrent seismic movement. Active faith is faith that has engaged or is ready to engage in pursuit of God and God's will because all of our faith is to be directed towards him. Active faith is the faith that is being used. It is effective. It is living. It is capable of exerting influence over something. Active faith causes recurrent seismic type movement. What has your faith moved lately? Mm. Mm. Lord, help me too. I'm listen. I'm telling you, we got to we got to answer this question: Are we living by faith, or are we living by what we can do? God doesn't ask me questions just to ask me questions. He asks me questions to challenge me and also so that I can challenge you. What have you used your faith to move lately? What have you used your faith to push through lately? Some of you couldn't even push through the little feeling of apathy that you felt 20 minutes ago when I told you to pray. 
Your soul said, but I don't feel like it. Your flesh says, I don't feel like it. And instead of you reaching down and allowing your spirit to take over and say, I don't walk by how I feel, but I walk by faith. And this man of God is telling me I need to push through right now. You sat there and you did nothing because you don't know how to use your faith. Do you still love me? (laughs) If you came to have your ears tickled, you're in the wrong place. Active faith causes recurrent seismic type movements. Active faith is, listen, it will not only move you, but it will cause you to move other things. Active faith shakes things up, moves things around, even tears things down. It is not stagnant, but it causes recurrent seismic movements. In today's text, Paul writes about three things we should be doing as people of faith. He, we should be, one, walking in love, two, walking in light, and three, walking in wisdom. How are you doing with your faith walk? Are you walking in love? Are you walking in light? And are you walking in wisdom? Paul starts by saying, be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love. We've been given faith to live by and to love with. We've been given faith to use to imitate God. We're to use faith to do what God does. As he is, we're to be. That's the life of faith we're called to. As he is, we are to be. When when we're truly living by faith, we become imitators of God. But many of God's children, listen, many of God's children do not live that way because they do not believe they can be like Jesus. They don't believe. So they don't even try. Or they give up at the firing of the gun. They're like a runner in a race who when the gun is fired, they start but stop immediately because they do not believe they have what it takes to win or even run a good race. Ready to go. You ready to go. The gun fired. Pow. And you stop. And you stand. And you watch the people who started with you running the race without you. Because you don't believe You've got what it takes to win or even run a good race. 
I'm here to tell you, you've got what it takes. But you've got to use it. You've got to stop sitting on your faith. You've got to get up and start living by faith. You've got to start doing things, daring to be different, daring to do things that if God doesn't show up, you're going to fail. You study the great men and women of history. And what you learn is before many of them realized their successes, they first encountered many failures. But they didn't give up. They kept trying. They kept believing. That's the way God wants you to be with your, in your walk with him. Don't give up. Keep trying. Keep believing. Keep fighting. Be imitators of God. That means do what you know God would do. Imitate God as a child would imitate a parent. Children not only want to imitate their parents, they actually believe they can be like them. And some even believe they can be better. That's right. That's right. That's how I want my kids to believe. I don't want my kids to just believe they can be like daddy. I want my kids to believe they can be better than daddy ever thought he could, he, he ever wanted to be. Do you hear me? Don't just, don't, want, don't just want to be like me. Be better than me. Do not want to just love like I love. Love harder than I love. Children believe that. Do you believe you can be like Jesus? Do you believe you can love like Jesus? Do you believe you can have faith like Jesus? You've got to believe that you can if you're going to be an imitator of him. Be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ has also loved us and given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling aroma. Paul writes. So active faith expresses itself through love. A love that is sacrificial. A love that makes allowances for the faults of others. A love that gives off this sweet aroma of Christ. Galatians 5 verse 6 says, For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. That is all that matters. Trying to live a life of faith without love, it's like trying to drive a car that's still in park. It may be making a lot of noise, but it's not taking you anywhere. You can sit there, you can rev that engine up, you want to, but you're not moving. Genuine faith, listen, genuine faith, when you live as a person of faith, it will be expressed through love for God and love for others. It will move you through life. Living by faith and loving as you should will cause you to make sacrifices for others. Jesus loved us so much that he gave himself. 
He became a sacrifice because love is sacrificial. Listen, it will cost you something to love as God would have you love. It's going to cost you something. Many people are willing to tolerate others, but they're not willing to really love. God does not want us to just tolerate people. He wants us to genuinely love people. If your relationships are not costing you something, they're not expressions of sacrificial love. Whatever those relationships are, with your spouse, with your children, with your parents, with your coworkers, with your neighbors, with your fellow brothers and sisters in the church. If those relationships are not costing you something, they are not expressions of sacrificial love. The next thing Paul deals with in today's text is sin. We're going to hear a whole lot about that in church. Because we don't want to offend people. We'd rather tickle their ears and keep their seats filled than tell them the truth. Ephesians 5.3 says, let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins, listen, have no place among God's people. No place. Sexual immorality has no place among God's people. Impurity has no place among God's people. Greed has no place among God's people. And when you're living by faith, that faith would, will, would call, will cause you to reject sin. Faith in God will cause you to reject the ways of this world. Faith refuses to compromise. Faith will remind you that sin is not okay. That you do not have to settle into a life of sin because Jesus has already destroyed sin's power over you. You've got to know that. And we must answer this question. You must answer this question. Is your faith and your life, the life, the position that you take against sin, the stand that you take against sin, is it an expression of Christ's victory? Is your faith against sin an expression of Christ's victory. Titus 2, 11 and 12 says, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age. Now we know that by grace we have been saved through faith. Therefore, faith cannot exist outside of the grace of God. By his grace, he's given you faith. And that same grace also teaches us how to live a godly life. His grace not only saves us, it also trains us. It teaches us the ways of God. 
Paul said, let there be no sexual immorality, no impurity agreed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Obscene stories have no place among God's people. Foolish talk has no place among God's people. Coarse jokes have no place among God's people. These are not for you, he said. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. You've got to use your faith to overcome the sin that Jesus has already defeated. In Christ, you're no longer slaves to sin. So if you, as a child of God, is living in sin, you're living that way because you want to and not because you have to. I can't make it no plainer than that. If you, as a child of God, are living in sin, you are living that way because you want to. You've made the decision to live as a sinner. You do not have to live that way. You made that choice. And this is what so many of God's people miss. Sin keeps us out of the goodness of God. It keeps us out of the goodness of God. I believe there's some things that the Lord longs to give to us that he cannot because of some sin or some worldly behavior that we're holding on to. Two days ago, how many of you was here last Sunday? Let me just show hands. Had, a, had an amazing time in the Lord, right? Powerful. Just from start to finish, just a powerful time in the Lord. Well, it's past Friday. So I was out walking. God, I mean, me and God have great times when I'm walking. I was reflecting on how the Lord blessed us last Sunday. with such an amazing manifestation of his presence. And as I was thinking about it, I offered up a prayer that God would come and live amongst us. Be with us in that way continually. As quickly as I offered up that short prayer, God responded. But I didn't like his answer. I didn't like his answer. He said, you're not yet ready. And I can't tell you how that breaks my heart as pastor. God, you blessed his soul last Sunday. Oh, God, please come and live with us. Be with us like they be in our midst every time we come together. And to hear him say, you're not yet ready. It broke my heart. God was saying, my people are not ready. Are not yet ready to be in my presence continually. Because it would kill them. 
You see, there's only so much of God's glory that the flesh can stand. His presence, his ongoing, abiding, glorious presence would destroy most of what's in most of us. Because we're still holding on to sin. And we're still holding on to the ways of this world. And when we are in that place, we are not yet ready for more of God's glory. So he gives us a little here and a little there and a little there. Because we're still living as the world. Instead of living as redeemed people of faith. So God in his goodness withholds from us the greater measures of his glory because we're not yet ready. I was reminded of Moses who wanted to see God's glory that he was not yet ready for. He said to God in Exodus 33, 18, he said, please, please show me your glory. That's my prayer. God, please show me your glory. Moses had received God's promises. Moses had seen God's power. He was guaranteed God's presence. But Moses wanted more, like I wanted more. He wanted God's person. He wanted intimate knowledge of who God is. God said to Moses, I will put you in the cleft of the rock and I will cover you with my hand while I pass by. Then I will take away my hand and you shall see my back. Why? Because the humanness of Moses could not withstand the fullness of God's glory. Thus his words to me, you're not yet ready. And I believe what hinders most of us is sin. Sins of commission, sins of omission, being too accepting of the ways of the world. The world of things that we hold on to keeps us out of God's greater glory because the sinful flesh of man and the manifested glory of God do not mix well together. The worldly things that we hold on to the sins that we like keeps us out of God's greater glory because the sinful flesh of man and the manifested glory of God do not mix well together. Paul writes in verses 6 through 8, let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. 
Therefore, do not be partakers with them, for they were once darkness, but now for you, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the world. Walk as children of light. When you're living by faith, you will live in the light of God and your actions will be a reflection of his light. When you're living by faith, you're able to live above reproach and reflect God's goodness to others. A truth that Jesus stressed in the Sermon on the Mount when he said in Matthew 5, 16, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. When you're living by faith, nothing will be able to hide the light that is in you. Your life will be like a city set on a hill whose lights at night can be seen from miles away. When you live by faith, the light that is in you will show others who Jesus is. Amen. When you live by faith, walking as children of the light, the fruit of the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, will be evident. There will be goodness in your life. There will be righteousness in your life. And there will be truth in your life. There will be no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but that darkness will be exposed by the light that is in you. Verse 13 says, all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light, for whatever makes manifest is light. And the Amplified puts it this way, but all things become visible when they're exposed by the light of God's precepts, for it is light that makes everything visible. When you live by faith as children of the light, the light of God that is in you will expose the darkness that surrounds you. By the light, everything is made visible. Therefore, Paul said, awake you who sleep. Arise from the dead and Christ will give you light. He will give you light. Today's text concludes by telling us to walk in wisdom. To walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Circumspectly means to walk cautiously, sensitively, as a person would walk through a thorny terrain or as a person walking through a field that is full of landmines. We're to redeem the time, Paul said, because the days are evil. This term, the days of evil, communicates a, or should communicate to you a sense of urgency. Are you living with a sense of urgency in your life, or are you just going through the motions of life? You know, I'm 58 years old, and I've reached a point in my life where I not only want to run this race well, 
I want to finish well. 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 I want to be like Paul. I want to die empty. Paul said, I want to die empty. Everything that God's put in me, I want to pour out. Redeem the time. Live with a sense of urgency. Because evil is very pervasive. It is pervading every aspect of your life. We need to have a sense of urgency because our days are difficult and they are influenced by evil. We must keep our standards high, act wisely, and do good. We're to redeem the time, which means capitalize on every opportunity that we can for the Lord. Active faith looks for opportunities to express its trust in God. It looks to redeem the times. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, Paul said, in which is dispensation, a dissipation. But, but be filled with the Spirit. Here Paul contrasts getting drunk with wine, which produces a temporary high, to being filled with the Holy Spirit, which produces a lasting joy. And the, the use of this Greek word, the tense to be filled, makes it clear that such a spirit-filled condition does not stop with a single experience, but is manifested by continually being filled. You should go before the Lord every day and say, God, fill me up again. Fill me up again. Fill me up again. When we live by faith, we'll continue to fill with the Holy Spirit who will influence every aspect of our lives. His influence will overflow in, 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 in our relationships being transformed. His influence will create dynamic ministry. His influence will enhance our worship of God. A living, active faith will produce these things in your life. Verses 19 through 21 says, Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to the God, to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of the Lord. With the ushers to bring the communion, we're going to have communion, we're going to end our time together with communion. But I want them to just come and sit it out on the platform. And instead of us bringing it to you, I want you to come to the, to the front and receive communion as an act of faith, as a step of faith. Listen, most people believe that God is real, but few people actually live like it. They believe it. They just don't live like it. And the result is a widening gap between their theology and their reality. They allow circumstances to get between them and God because they're not living by faith instead of allowing God to get between them and their circumstances. I'm challenging you today to start living like you know God is real and believing 
like you know he will show up. You may be just one act of faith away. Just one idea. Just one risk. Just one decision from having a totally different life than you currently have. Starting to live with an act of faith, it may require that you make the toughest decision you, you will ever make. And it may be scary. But if your faith, if the things you're stepping out in faith to do are not big, so big that they scare you, or if your dreams are not so big that if God doesn't show up, they're going to fail, then they're probably too small. Because the Bible says, the just shall live by faith. Faith is not an option. It is mandatory that you live your life as a life of faith. Just bow your head for just a moment. You know where you are. If you do not ask the Holy Spirit to show you right now, where are you in your faith walk? Allow him to show you what you're not doing. Allow him to show you what steps of faith that he's calling you to take right now. And listen, it, it takes a, a commitment in your, in your heart. It takes a decision in your mind that you're going to step out for God and you're going to live the life that God's called you to live. That means you're going to walk in love. It means you're going to walk in light. You're going to fight with everything within you to overcome the sin that comes to so easily beset you. And it means you're going to walk in wisdom. And you're going to invite the Holy Spirit to come and continue to fill you with his manifested presence. So this morning, what commitment of faith are you willing to make to the Lord? Jesus showed his faith in God. And I believe his faith in us by going to the cross. He laid it all down. Believing that the God he came to serve would raise him up even as he has promised. He laid it all down knowing that one day you and I was going to make the decision to follow him. And that concludes today's message. Thanks again for tuning in to the Restoration Foursquare Church audio podcast. We pray that you have been encouraged and empowered in your journey of following Jesus. If you would like to learn more about our church, please visit our website by going to r4sq.org. We pray you have a great week. God bless.